0: I will be talking about the uh, great migration of summer 2015 trajectories uh, journeys and uh, hubs and uh, I will first provide some context which is the inevitable numbers and figures which look more authoritative than they actually are and I will explain why that is then there is the more sort of empirical ethnographic uh, part On the observations uh, that I've made based on a project which I will uh, uh, present in a minute and then uh, sort of uh, work in progress how are we going to conceptualize and theorize what we have seen I say we because there was a whole team of uh, scholars and researchers involved in this uh, uh, in this topic so the context currently We hear talks about a record number of people who are displaced globally in the neighborhood of the European Union alone. So this is any country between Morocco and Turkey and uh, Belarus, uh, uh, Russia. We have uh, 22 million, at least 22 million displaced persons in reach of all of us. Eleven point uh, seven million displaced persons are from Syria. We have another two and a half, whatever million Ukrainians. Only these two nationalities. Uh, a total twenty-two percent. Uh, Russia. That is another theme. But nevertheless, I would like to make the point by supporting Syria's President Assad. Or armed separatists in eastern Ukraine, and by intervening and sending uh, uh, troops uh, in uh, these countries, is either directly or indirectly responsible for generating much of this large scale displacement. In our research, we can actually nicely demonstrate how the beginning of the intervention of the Russian uh, troops in Syria then. Uh, sort of increases uh, displacement, people fleeing uh, to Turkey. So there is a direct uh, link that we can uh, show. Uh, The displacement in the wider neighbourhood uh, of the EU represents about one-third of uh, uh, all the global displacement. Globally, we talk of around uh, 65.3 million people In uh, 2015, the year that I will talk about most, uh, over 12 million people were newly displaced, forced to leave uh, their home. It's often been stressed, like by UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, that these are as many as uh, by the end of the Second World War. However, then the global population was much smaller, so despite this seemingly uh, similar absolute uh, number, the proportion of displaced persons is actually smaller now than it was in the 1940s and 50s. So such statements raise attention and affection, but they are still somewhat uh, misleading, because we need to put them in the broader context of, of populations. Around two-thirds of the displaced persons in the EU's neighbourhood are displaced within countries, so they have left, they were forced to leave home, but they never crossed any international borders. But one-third, about 7 million people, actually fled to other countries, mainly Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, of course also Russia in terms of Ukrainians and some others. But only a very small proportion, 6%, fled to the European Union. So the pattern is the people stay within their country or within the region. They hardly reach uh, the European Union for various reasons. In total, in 2015, uh, around 1 million people, migrants and refugees, but mostly refugees in, uh, in terms of the UN Convention, arrived in the EU by sea. And this is important. Uh, 3,770 at least uh, lost their lives why it's crossing uh, the sea. That's been prominently discussed in the uh, public. In addition, in 2015, another 300,000 arrived overland, mostly from the Balkan countries, like from Albania, from Kosovo, from Macedonia, from Serbia. Uh, still, few still uh, uh, migrated or moved overland from Turkey into uh, Bulgaria, even smaller numbers into uh, Greece. Others arrived by plane before uh, applying for asylum. Asylum applications in the EU uh, in that uh, year, 2015, have reached around uh, 1.3 million people. And I explain that because there is often this misunderstanding why do we talk about 1 million people arriving in Europe but uh, 1.3 million applying for asylum, which is because there is another 300,000 who migrated overland and who were mostly coming from non-EU European countries, but not only. Uh, then in March uh, 2016, uh, due to the so-called uh, EU-Turkey agreement or EU-Turkey deal, as it's sometimes uh, called, further departures from Turkey were prevented, but continued from uh, Libya, so that last year, until uh, uh, December, another 363,000 people arrived. All these crossed uh, by sea. Over 5,000 people last year uh, lost their lives uh, whilst doing so. Uh, In 2015, these 1 million arrivals by sea added only 0.2% to the total population of the European Union. More, of course, went to some countries and to some cities, less to others. Meanwhile, due to the influx of refugees, the population of Turkey grew (laughs) by 4.5%. The population of some cities in Turkey even doubled. If we look at Gaziantep Urfa, whilst the Lebanon's population, due to the latest influx, grew by 20%. So this demonstrates that the perception that the EU is under particular pressure are least questionable. There are various issues with all these numbers and figures and statistics, like different definitions and methods result in cases like double counting, People are counted every time they cross the border. They cross into Greece, they are counted. They cross into Serbia, they are counted. They cross into Hungary and Croatia and whatnot. So, certain EU statistics, Frontex figures are inflated because of this uh, a, a double counting. Then, the different agencies apply different uh, definitions to the people they count. Uh, I won't uh, discuss today. Uh, but I wanted to make you aware of certain shortcomings with all these numbers and figures and uh, statistics that require being cautious with any such uh, data. My lecture is now primarily based on an ESRC-funded project, uh, MEDMIC, Unraveling the the Mediterranean Migration Crisis. I've got uh, three of our reports here, Uh, They were rather uh, provided for the wider public, the audience, the policy makers, so they were circulated widely in Brussels. You can pass them on. Uh, We've got them all uh, online as PDF files if you are uh, interested. The fieldwork for this uh, took place between September 2015 and January 2016, but I went to Turkey again to see things, uh, how things have changed. We were in the field with a team when arrivals uh, reached uh, their peak. There were days when 7,000 people a day arrived on just one uh, Greek island. We interviewed a total of 500 Recent arrivals that was uh, defined uh, by the ESRC poll: 205 in Italy, in different locations, 20 in Malta, 215 in Greece, and another 60 in uh, Turkey, in Izmir, and Istanbul, so places near uh, the departure uh, beaches. We also interviewed around 100 stakeholders, like politicians, policy makers. Navy officers, Coast Guards, uh, representatives of international organizations, NGOs, civil society, and also activists and uh, volunteers. In addition, we spent several months in the field observing the crisis uh, as it unfolded, um, including political and policy responses at the local, the national and the international level. I spent uh, over a period of three months, several weeks in Greece and in Turkey and Macedonia, and I went again uh, in May uh, last year. Mm, And uh, this project builds on over ten years of uh, research uh, that I spent on irregular and transit migration on the periphery of the European Union And uh, I will refer to this concept and explain that a bit. I have an edited volume here, which we did a couple of years ago. That was the result of another uh, research uh, project. I personally mostly conducted my research uh, in the past in Ukraine and in Turkey. And I will draw on some of my earlier publications, as I said, this one, but we also have a special issue uh, in population, space, and place. Uh, This is important because what I do today is not only building on that, it's not only revising on that, it's actually in a significant way departing from uh, uh, what we concluded then. And unfortunately, because I think this is academia, I will contradict myself. So you could accuse me of sort of blaming that uh, I will contradict today what I have written myself a couple of years ago in these uh, publications. But this is the exciting learning element of research, I suppose. So in our research, we were initially attracted by these images of the arrivals, just like many others. You have all seen the pictures on TV and on the newspapers about the boats and people scrambling over one another and getting out of the boat. On some days, a 100 boats with 7,000 people arrived on just one island, Lesbos, in uh, Greece, with a population of only 86,000 people. Smaller numbers were arriving on the other Greek islands like Kos, Kios, Samos, and taken into account the power of images of what appeared to be masses, battered in a way, but still defying the almighty EU border defenses. This sort of attention on the drama of arrival is maybe excusable. In hindsight, we now know, and I can say that we fell for some popular bias. Public policy and also often research, attention, uh, research is often uh, concentrating only on the beginning and the end of migration processes. On the one hand, this has meant emphasizing the reasons for migrants and refugees leaving their places of origin. So we were looking at the root causes, what makes people uh, leave. On the other hand, it's also... Uh, the result of a public debate that focuses on the drama of the last leg of the journey, the perilous journeys across the sea that then result in the arrival of the European Union. So it's the last leg, the arrival on the border that raises attention. But this gap between origin and arrival is often filled with generalizations, assumptions and large maps decorated haphazardly with straight errors. This type of map UNHCR there is lots of errors but they don't tell us what's what has been happening before people were recorded here and sort of entering a boat in order to make uh, the journey. So everything below this line south and west is sort of subject to these generalizations. However, we have then quickly learned that this is far from being true. Many of our interviewees, we learned very quickly, had often left home many years ago. Many had crossed many countries. So it wasn't only about the Mediterranean, Italy and Turkey. There was a whole story behind uh, that Many had often spent long periods of time in other countries. So matters were much more complex and diverse. We began hating the word complex because in our project meetings, we always talked about the complexity, which is such a poor expression uh, to depict uh, sort of the richness uh, of, of stories and experiences that we encountered. I will first present uh, the evidence and then discuss uh, some conceptual and theoretical lessons, combining the geography and ethnography with the sociology of migration. So, this is truly uh, sort of uh, transdisciplinary, I suppose. And all of this, as I've said, is still work in progress. So, I'm very much looking forward to comments and uh, discussions. On the observations, there was a significant shift in the patterns of boat arrivals to Europe over the past decade. Whilst in 2010, most people crossed to Europe via Turkey to Greece. In 2014, most people departed from Libya and crossed via the central Mediterranean to Italy. This continued then until spring 2015, but changed from summer that year and by the end, Of 2015, the vast majority, 84 percent, of those arriving by boat in 2015 crossed the Aegean Sea uh, after departing from uh, Turkey. In July 2015, 54,000 people had arrived uh, on the Greek islands. By October, by, by August 2015, this has doubled. 100,000 people. By October it had doubled again to 200,000 people. But in 2016, last year again, more people left from Libya than Turkey. We can explain all this with changes in the opportunity and constraints uh, structure, the introduction of visa by northern African countries, uh, Tunisia, Egypt, Morocco, In 2015 required visa from Syrians so they could no longer travel through these countries either to escape or to then continue uh, to Libya. Uh, Turkey kept its borders open until late 2015 then the borders were closed. Visa were introduced uh, uh, to uh, Syrians. EU-Turkey collaboration led to sort of improved border controls in the GNC. We are also aware of the mixed consequences of the violent and criminal environment uh, in Libya, the absence of uh, functional authorities. So this provides opportunities as much as it turned out to be a deterrent for people. And uh, maybe I should say that I'm illustrating my presentation with pictures that I took uh, whilst in the field in the different uh, places I've mentioned, mostly Turkey, Greece, and uh, here the Greek-Macedonian border. I was uh, briefly in Macedonia in December uh, that year. So now uh, I talk a bit about the routes. If you look at this map, compare it with this one. So this is what you find in the media, international organizations, which is discussed at UN level. This is what we found, based on only 122 out of 500 interviews. It's uh, an enormous uh, uh, work. It will take forever to apply this type of method to all our uh, data. Uh, Anyway, we can, of course, and that's uh, accurate observation, distinguish between two main routes, the eastern Mediterranean route here and then the central Mediterranean route here. Uh, Eastern route through Turkey, central route through Libya across the Straits of Sicily into Italy. However, we found a third route, which is not normally mentioned anywhere, linking the eastern Aegean route to the central Mediterranean route 10% of all our interviewees in Italy and Malta were actually traveling through Turkey, Greece, then up to Slovenia, then down, or took the boat. So there are much more linkages between these two main routes uh, that uh, that the public would uh, sort of assume or acknowledge. So the two main routes were not as separate As we first assumed. From our interviews, we found that on the Eastern Mediterranean route, people had traveled 26 different geographical routes through a total of 21 different countries prior reaching Greece. On the Central Mediterranean route, there was even greater variation and our interviewees described a total of 68 different routes, having crossed 36 different countries before reaching Italy and Malta. Now I don't have it here, sorry. Uh, to Turkey, people arrived by three main routes, but again, this is sort of a very broad brush approach. We identified a neighborhood route, meaning that people arrived in Turkey from the neighboring countries, from Syria, from uh, Iraq, or from Lebanon through Syria, or by sea. They took the ferry from different places into southern Turkey. Then uh, from the uh, Turkish border region, they moved on to Istanbul, Ankara, Mersin, Adana, towards Izmir, and onto the Aegean island. This is one route. The other route is a Southeast Asia route from Afghanistan and sometimes uh, in Pakistan, Often through Iran into Eastern Turkey, one, then via Ankara into Istanbul onto the Aegean coast in Greece, and third, Middle Eastern, and North African, so the so-called Mina uh, countries route, from Sudan, from Egypt, from Somalia, from Morocco, from Tunisia, all the Gulf countries, uh, Oman into Turkey and onward. Uh, To Libya, people arrived by four main routes. There is a North African route originating in the sort of Maghreb and MENA countries, so they were coming from Morocco, Tunisia, or in Egypt. There is a West African route uh, of people originating in countries of West, so-called sub-Saharan African countries, that was converging in Burkina Faso, in Mali, then Niger, and uh, uh, they moved on uh, to Libya. We found an East African route originating in the Horn of Africa, uh, and uh, that went often via towns or refugee camps in Ethiopia or in Sudan, then to the Sudanese capital, Khartoum, and I will talk about that uh, in a moment, and from uh, there either by air to Turkey or overland, Uh, to Egypt, Libya, and then the boat uh, to Italy. Uh, Then there was a fourth uh, sort of pattern which we call roots from the rest of the world. So it's everything else. It is extremely diverse. Uh, These are sort of uh, migration patterns that did not easily fit into the types outlined uh, so far originating in countries beyond Africa So, Syrians uh, traveling to Egypt, to uh, Yemen, uh, to uh, Libya, uh, people from Pakistan, people from Bangladesh, uh, mostly traveling by air into uh, uh, Libya. Some routes were extremely long and varied and involved legs to Yemen, Gulf countries, Israel, Malaysia, the US, Cuba, Rwanda, Uganda, It was amazing to listen uh, what people have seen, where they went to, how they tried certain opportunities. They often did not return voluntarily to the region, but they were refused entry, they were removed or deported. Uh, Mm -hmm. Their permits expire and uh, whatnot. And all these routes were a mix of overland, sea, and air routes, but here I won't go into too much uh, detail. These many routes ultimately converged at the Mediterranean in Turkey and Libya to form more or less two discernible movements across the sea uh, to Europe. And that brings me uh, to my next point, and that is the hubs. Because these routes we can further break down into specific locations, Altogether, our 500 respondents had stayed in over 3,000 places, equating to an average of six stops per person. And a number of uh, these we conceptualize as hubs. Mm, these are places in which access to goods and services were available on high levels to significant numbers of people which were crucial for arranging onward migration. So I talk about cheap hotels, uh, smugglers in inverted commas, finance services to receive uh, financial support from family and friends, communication services like these uh, 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 telephone uh, uh, places, working opportunities to earn necessary funds for onward migration. Uh, Malinese migrant in the city of Tripolis. I actually took the picture before all the sort of outbreak of the troubles in Libya. That was about 2009 or 10. I was uh, there. Uh, there were also local social networks which play an important role, or NGOs providing services, food, shelter, clothes, legal advice, whatnot. These hubs include places like Tehran and Urmia in Iran, Van, Istanbul and Izmir in Turkey, Lesbos and Athens in Greece, Kassala and Khartoum in uh, Sudan. Uh, you find this uh, here. Bamako in Mali, Niamey and Agadez in Niger, Saba, Tripoli and Juara in uh, Libya, Rome to some extent also uh, Turin uh, and uh, Milano in uh, Italy. Uh, Some of these were hubs related to what I would now call sub-hubs, like Bodrum in Turkey was closely related uh, uh, to the key hub in Izmir. One of these places is that I had visited uh, a couple of times over the past 10 years is a neighborhood called Basmane in Izmir on the Aegean coast of Turkey. Izmir uh, is a city of, I think, four and a half million industrial. Basmane is one of the old neighborhoods of fairly sort of derelict uh, two-story houses near the still-functional railway station and offers Cheap hotels, you can stay overnight for two, three, five, uh, euro. There are two mosques serving food to the needy, including uh, the migrants and refugees. Shops and restaurants advertised in Arabic language. There are tea houses where smugglers were acting and uh, approached uh, uh, the people assumed to be in demand for their services. Uh, you could buy dinghies, Outboards, uh, life vests, waterproofed uh, bags, everything that was uh, in demand by the sort of uh, travelers. There were also in all of these places, not only in Tripolis but also in Izmir, employment opportunities. In summer 2015, it was sort of buzzing with life and activities, people were stumbling over one another. Uh, most of these resources were provided perfectly legally. So, selling a life vest, selling a dinghy, selling an outboard, selling a waterproof bag is, of course, perfectly legal and regular business. And all this was available to locals, fishermen, yachties, ordinary travelers, tourists, and the irregular migrants alike. Indeed, there was considerable overlap between the regular and the irregular services between uh, the regular service providers and the irregular service providers. And often one and a half, one and the same person would be engaged in both. And between the sphere of tourism and the sphere of uh, migration. For instance, I found out that smuggling activities had expanded due to the huge number of people from the sort of usual Basmane area into the more upmarket tourist uh, 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 parts uh, of town where uh, people intending to irregularly continue their journey to Greece and Europe were staying in uh, hotels managed by, I don't know whether it matters, aging hippies from Istanbul who had enough of Stress and trouble and were seeking some sort of more laid way back of life. There was a really interesting interaction because very different types of people and sectors and industries and communities that you would not normally anticipate when you read in the media anything to do with illegal immigrants and and (coughs) uh, uh, refugees. I also found that the very same beach houses that were let in summer to tourists were used in winter by the smugglers to uh, gather a group of uh, people to take them by dinghy into Greece. So the very same kind of infrastructures uh, were used for tourist purposes in summer and for uh, migration uh, purposes in in winter. Uh, These hubs are also sometimes conceptualized as bottlenecks, mostly by the media, meaning that these are the only places where certain resources are available in large numbers and that in other nearby places or locations these services are not available. The smugglers are not everywhere. These telephone booths are not everywhere the employment opportunities are not everywhere. So this is uh, uh, concentrated in uh, uh, certain uh, places. And this is where and why then these many regional uh, routes uh, converge. So hubs turn out to be a very important uh, sort of factor in explaining how it comes that these routes uh, uh, sort of merged. But by and large, the concept hub is used occasionally, but very colloquially since the 1980s. But it seems to me that it is very poorly defined. It is usually understood as some sort of a center of processes, activities or structures. Uh, Very rarely the migration uh, literature seems to elaborate and define the concept of hubs. It is taken for granted. So this is one of the sort of Challenges I take away for uh, subsequent uh, publications to think more and analyze and more rigidly define what makes uh, a hub. Now, the next uh, issue which uh, we found is important is the duration of all these uh, sort of processes. We found enormous variations in the duration of migration from the point at which people either left their home or the country where they had been living for the uh, uh, past couple of years uh, to the point of arrival in Europe. We identified three sort of overall patterns. First, the average duration of migration for those arriving in Greece via the eastern Mediterranean was considerably shorter than for those arriving via the central Mediterranean uh, coming from uh, Libya, uh, moving to Italy. Uh, two thirds of the interviewees in Greece arrived within six months of departure from their country of origin, compared with only one third of the interviewees in uh, Italy. And whilst in the case of Greece, 40% arrived within one month of uh, departure, only 1% did so in Italy. So these rapid journeys were most common Amongst respondents from Iraq, 86%, uh, who arrived within less than a month of departure. Syria, 45%. In the central Mediterranean, only the few people that we interviewed from the Maghreb countries, namely from Morocco, were also able to travel rather quickly. Second, 13% of those arriving in Greece had been traveling for 7 to 18 months, one, uh, six half a year to one and a half years, compared to one third, so three times more, 31% of those arriving in Italy. And this was particularly the case for West Africans who had often stopped in countries within the region and in Libya prior to moving on across uh, uh, the sea people passing through Libya spend, on average seven months there. And third, over one-fifth, so over 20% of the people we interviewed in Greece and nearly one-third of those we interviewed in Italy had left their countries of origin more than one and a half years ago. This pattern featured particularly strongly amongst Afghans who arrived in uh, Greece. They were often residing in Iran where they spent on average three and a half years. If we deduct from this average the two three cases of people who traveled fairly quickly, then we have an average of Afghans spending seven years in uh, Iran. Similarly, Eritreans uh, the time between departure from the home country and arrival in Europe was also particularly lengthy. Some had stayed for extended periods of time in Sudan or in Egypt or in Israel, two even in Rwanda and uh, in Rwanda and Uganda, yes. Uh, this is also depicted uh, here. My overview shows that the diverse geography of routes and timescales for migration of those arriving in Europe in 2015. For most respondents, migration to Europe was a culmination of a much lengthier process involving many short stops as well as long stops as many different locations in many different countries. Next, I will look at these uh, varied movements in more detail with particular focus on when and why people stopped or had their journeys interrupted and when and why uh, they then continued uh, moving on. So, stops and stays. This map is depicting uh, the number of stops uh, per country. You can immediately see uh, where the key places are, where people uh, sort of stopped. Focusing on the nature of stops and stays uh, is central to our understanding of migration to and across the Mediterranean. In particular, it helps us to better understand the difference between more cohesive and direct journeys to Europe and rather more fragmented and indirect uh, uh, migrations and uh, the underlying migration decision-making processes. So whilst people often make multiple stops in different countries before arriving in Europe, the number of stops made in different countries varied significantly. Respondents made on average three or four stops within Turkey. In the border region, then they moved on to the uh, capital Ankara, to Istanbul, then they moved on to Izmir. Izmir is not the place where you depart from, so they have to move somewhere near the beaches. Uh, So we have three, four stops in Turkey, but we only have on average two stops in uh, in Libya. In most cases, the initial journeys from countries of origin were directed towards nearby locations. Many Syrians, for example, often first were internally displaced and made stops uh, within Syria before subsequently moving across uh, international borders. It was also common for West Africans and East Africans to initially move to some uh, nearby towns or cities. Gambians moved to Casamance in uh, Senegal first. Eritreans often made their first stop in a refugee camp in the border region of Ethiopia or uh, Sudan. Uh, Many then moved on to other countries with the intention to actually stay there and accordingly engage with and integrate with uh, Local uh, systems. People went to Egypt, they went to Yemen, they went to Libya, uh, uh, they went to Turkey, they went to Iran with the intention to actually stay there once they escaped uh, uh, sort of violence, war, or harsh conditions in the countries uh, they came from. Uh, But all these uh, 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 halts and stops and stays are of a qualitatively different nature. And uh, they have various uh, functions for the refugees and migrants on the move. They can be intended or unintended. They can be voluntary or forced. They can be short or long. So some of those we spoke to describe decisions to stop in a town uh, in order to rest, to settle, to work, to obtain resources uh, or to connect uh, with onward uh, transportation. Others aim staying in cities uh, to rebuild uh, their life there some were forced to stop or stay due to violence and conflict because of crime because of lack of money they were victims of kidnapping they were apprehended and detained or because of poor health of either themselves or a family member and. Uh, the borders of Chad and Sudan as well in Libya and Israel were often mentioned as places where people were forced to stop because they became uh, victims of crime and uh, violence, were kidnapped, ransom had to be paid and uh, whatnot. Those who had decided to stay for, young, for longer usually had no initial intention of moving on, whereas those who had stopped temporarily uh, viewed this as just a punctuation of their broader migration trajectory uh, uh, which had a distinct location as its intended destination so people often had very clear visions Netherlands Germany Sweden Belgium or whatnot. but others had for around one quarter of all our respondents uh, in the countries to which they were travelling including Iran Sudan Libya These were initially perceived as destination countries where they intended to remain, work, settle down and live. And this is also demonstrated by the sort of hard figures that we've got. There are two and a half million refugees in Turkey. There is almost a million uh, 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 Afghan refugees in Iran. Uh, Ending these uh, stops or stays can also be intended or unintended. For instance, Afghans in Iran, often after decades of residing there, reported how conditions had become unviable due to harassment. Also, Syrians in Turkey reported that they could not secure a stable status, often argued that they were given... Uh, a 7 years waiting period for their first asylum interview, and in the meantime they were left in limbo. They reported lack of access to permission to work and thus to decent jobs, lack of access to services like education uh, for their children or health care. Some Iraqi Kurds also argued that as Kurds they would feel discriminated in Turkey and therefore decided uh, not to stay. But also, more forceful conditions like problems with renewing residence permits were described, like by Syrians in Egypt who couldn't prolong their permit, or Syrians in the Gulf countries uh, where they were staying and working but then had to leave because they were basically uh, uh, told that uh, their permission to stay wouldn't be um, extended. Similarly many respondents from West African countries and from Bangladesh had intended to stay in Libya for work but then uh, no longer felt uh, safe there. Now how are we going to conceptualize all this? Previously uh, no I don't have that here Uh, Hess and uh, Karakayali used the concept transit zones, and Papadopoulos uh, referred to transit spaces. Uh, But I believe we can be a lot more specific than this and break down these zones and spaces into concrete infrastructures, uh, practices, places like the hubs I have uh, described. So the way that routes and hubs, journeys and stops, aspirations, intentions and decision-making fit together is central to the understanding of the nature of the migration to and across the Mediterranean uh, with a view to identify the different uh, drivers and patterns. In the past, uh, a wonderful book, uh, Embracing the Infidel, Stories of Muslim migrations, uh, migrants to the West. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yamayan. Yeah, uh, he only uses the concept journeys to refer to all the many variations of movements he found, no matter whether were people were taking one or fifteen years no matter whether they would only move from Iran to Turkey or from Afghanistan to the US. Michael Collier then later suggested 2007 it was the concept fragmented journeys. But he then rather analyzes the causes uh, of people to, and I quote, to stop to try and raise money for onward travel and the effects of migration controls uh, on the actual journeys. In the light of the diversity of patterns, we found this a too broad concept, not allowing to account for the differences that I have just described. So alternatively, uh, Sharpe uh, I think this is his PhD, so it might be difficult to get hold of it, uh, he introduces the concept of turbulent trajectories, and I will come back to that uh, later. He defines these trajectories again in a fairly broad manner as about mobility and immobility, periods of rest reorientation, and in brackets unexpected in brackets unintended temporary or long term settlement, and equally uh you get a, Zuto she worked on uh, African sub-Saharan migrants in uh, Istanbul. She uses the concept mobility trajectory to depict these sequences of mobility and immobility in which this anticipation of movement, and that's a quote, uh, is described as a key cognitive driver. However, this is all not clearly defined so Sharpe uh, usage of the concept trajectory is fairly broad and thus not suitable to analyze these uh, differences, whereas uh, Suto's reading of the concept neglects the dynamics of changing aspirations and uh, intentions. To most of these uh, activities, I would then not usually, uh, for instance, apply Clifford's concept of travel itinerary, because this implies some stronger element of a planning, which often is not the case in uh, uh, what I have uh, described so far. Finally, uh, other literature, and uh, this is uh, a wonderful book, The Illegal Traveler by Kosh Ravi, autobiography. Uh, but he focuses on the drama, on the drama only on the drama of crossing borders, and there is a whole range of other literature that focuses on this uh, uh, drama of crossing borders. Rodriguez, uh, Carling van der Velde, Van Nersen, and uh, whatnot. However, this singles out just one event and neglects the before and after of the crossing. So, in a way, it reinforces. Uh, ...the problem that I have described at the very outset... ...where we look at the beginning and the end of the journey... ...but not at the uh, in-between. Instead, I want to take a more comprehensive perspective... ...and look at what I believe are three key dimensions. The type of presence uh, in another place or country... ...the legal dimension of the uh, process and the type uh, of movement and suggest a much more fine-tuned conceptual uh, uh, toolbox. And here I'm really most uh, curious in what you say about that because as I say, it is uh, a very much uh, a work in uh, progress. So, on the type of presence in another place or country, according to our data, I distinguish between a very short hold like at an airport or ferry station where you change transportation for a few hours or a day, a couple of days maybe. Uh, Still a short stop, so hold, stop. Short stop of a few weeks, maybe up to three, some suggest even up to six months, but I need to clarify that. A longer stay of uh, three or six months to up to one and a half years, or a long-term residence of more than one and a half uh, years. The threshold may appear somewhat arbitrary. However, we identify this according to the clusters in our data. Putting the threshold at three months also complies with my earlier thinking in this uh, transit migration uh, book, uh, which also reflects conventional United Nations definition of what is temporary migration, anything between three and 12 months, basically. We can then further differentiate this by purpose of the end of the travel, notably whether it is for waiting or for preparing for further travel or whether the purpose is actually to settle down, rebuild life, work and whatnot. Then also by the type of engagement, interaction or integration with local systems whether people work, rent accommodation, make local friends, even learn the language, or whether they are rather living off the savings or funds, uh, stay in temporary accommodation uh, like a hotel. And then also by the factors and types of decision making that ended these states, like whether onward travel was intended in or voluntary or whether it was unintended and or involuntary. And also on the legal uh, 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 dimension, we found that most migrations and stays were regular. Even though in the media you find all this reference uh, to to illegal migration. No, it was mostly legal. Like within the ECOWAS area of of, uh, free travel in West Africa, or because Turkey kept its borders open, people could easily enter visa-free. Only Afghans uh, usually entered clandestinely uh, to Turkey, others didn't, or because people stayed uh, regularly because they got temporary protection, they were in the asylum system, uh, or had some other type of uh, 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 permission in Iran. Many Afghans were uh, UNHCR-recognized refugees, but many others were excluded from that. And in the Gulf countries or Egypt, where people often had some kind of a residence permit. So that element, before people arrive uh, in Europe, often involved fairly regular travel and uh, residence. However, we also noted that in certain cases, cases, people were only able to irregularly leave their region or country. For instance, people had to use smugglers in order to leave Daesh-controlled areas, or they used smugglers and left without permission Eritrea. But other than this, it was mostly the last leg of the journey, the movement to the EU, which was irregular. So all these movements were usually a mix Regular journeys and regular stays, and irregular journeys and irregular stays. And i try to depict uh, the variations uh, we found. So, our findings challenge assumptions by public media and politicians who often give the impression that all those uh, arriving in Europe have crossed all the borders and, and their journeys uh, in an irregular fashion without permission, passport, documents. No, this is not uh, true. On the type of migration, drawing on our data, we can summarize the above and identify three distinct types of migration and characterize by varying patterns of migrations and stops. So on the one hand, we have one-off, straightforward migration, between two places, usually through relatively direct and relatively fast journeys. These may still be inter. Spurs by short stops, usually just to rest, change transportation, identify facilitators. For some, the intention of such quick journeys was clear from the outset. This is what they wanted. But others had no such clear intentions, actually, but basically followed the crowd, uh, responded to peer pressure. Let's go. They all go. We also must go. Now it's time to go to Europe. We can't stay in Turkey any longer. We found a lot uh, of of that. They acted upon suggestions, recommendations, received whilst en route. So some of these fast journeys were intended, others were not. Only this type of migration I would conceptualize as transit migration, as the movement is short, stay is short, integration with local systems at places of stay is very limited and intention was often to rather move on fairly quickly. At the other end we found a pattern which I would uh, depict as serial migration of consecutive movements connected by journeys but separated by long periods of settlement in one or more different locations during which often failing attempts were made to rebuild uh, life. So these separate migrations each uh, involved separate decision-making processes involving assessing one's situation, considering migration and option, developing the intention, making plans, putting plans into action, and then actually uh, move on. And I take this concept, serial migration from CU, who defines it as, and I quote, multiple migrations across space and time uh, by one and the same person involving meaningful engagement with different places of settlement. So this notion of meaningful engagement seems to be crucial here. Also, Susan Osman in her 2013 book explains that a serial migration is a person who has lived in several countries, which at some point uh, they would call Uh, uh, home and then the third category is the one that troubles me most I arrived at the preliminary conclusion to depict it as onward migration, so it's not serial, it's not transit, it's something in between consisting of a sequence of journeys interrupted by longer stays but not long enough to qualify as residents, often to stay, work and earn money with a view to then later move on. Also longer stays due to external conditions like detention, violence, health issues. So this is an in-between type as it involves people who have always intended to move onward but others who only developed the aspiration of onward migration in response to the conditions found in that place. So after a couple of months in Turkey people basically gave up because they noticed they would never get into the asylum interview, they would never get uh, permission to stay, they would never get permission to work, so after six months uh, uh, they were done with it. These three types of migration are certainly not always easily uh, uh, differentiated. For example, many individuals had no long-term intentions but made decisions to move on in response to particular situations in which they had found themselves. Others may have intended to either stay in uh, one place but then found it unviable, Uh, Others intended to move on uh, very quickly, but found that this was impossible due to various reasons, controls, visa, violence, uh, uh, and whatnot. So intention is thus a key, but very problematic parameter here. And I've discussed that in the uh, uh, AUP uh, uh, transit migration book. Nevertheless... Understanding these different types of movements is important and necessary in order to better unpack and then understand the dynamics of migration in the Mediterranean uh, region and uh, to understand the dynamics behind the arrival of people in Europe. And within this framework, and I'm coming to the end now, Within this framework, we conceptualize the actual physical movement as journeys or travel between two locations. So I'm not too happy with the notion of this uh, scholar, Jan Mayan, uh, who depicts the whole process from leaving one's place of origin uh, to a place of at least... Temporary arrival which could cover a period of 5, 10, 15 years as a journey So that's more of a metaphor Uh, I would like to get back to the journey as, as an event It can involve several legs several carriers change of carriers But not involve longer stays at the diverse stops and not involving And this is seal, again, meaningful engagement with places of uh, dwelling. The umbrella term, and that brings me back to to Sharpenedong, which I would like uh, to use describing the sum of these diverse patterns of journeys, movements, migration dotted with holes, stops, stays, arrest, a residence, is then the migration trajectories the concept migration trajectory acknowledges and combines the spatiality and the temporality of migration. It is as broad as Sharpen Dong suggests, but other than he, I would use it as an umbrella concept. Mm. I, think, yeah, I think I should stop here. Yes, I should stop here. Thank you. <laughs>